Hey everyone, this is Shadows. And Chaos. We're from the Shadows of the Moon podcast. We're here to tell you about Anchor and how it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And I heard it's free. It is free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So I don't have to upload and change platforms? Nope, not at all. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Without me having to do it? Yep. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Are you kidding me? Not at all. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead on over, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. And that's with a capital A. We are live. Hello, everybody. You ain't live on YouTube yet. I know, but it's still going to... I am on D-Live. It's now on, on YouTube. Yes, I just got the notification. <laughs> no. What? What did you do? Lost in my chat. Oh no. Hello everybody. Hey Nicole. Hey Little Red. Okay. Got the chat up. I got mine. You got yours? What's going on, everybody? Oh, let me send out my tweets. Eddie, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jim. I would do something. <laughs> hey, Jim. Hey, Nubs. Nubs. How you guys doing this morning? Well, it's afternoon. But for us, it's morning. Yes. Okay, I'm here. You can put the red carpet away once I got my seat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, up, Ryan. <laughs> What's up, Ryan? Hey, Andy. How's everybody doing? Tired. Yes, I know you're tired. <laughs> hey, Circle. Where's Circle? Oh, oh, goodness, troubles here. Well, that could mean anybody, Nubs. Well, who's you, who you were referring to there? <laughs> all right, you got all this new stuff added. Stream elements in Wisebot. Where is that coming up? On Restream Chat. Hold on one sec. I'm not seeing it. Shadows of the Moon 1 is now live streaming. No game. What if Wednesdays is where we discuss UFOs, cryptids, and conspiracy theories. And WizBot says live online under the game NA, the uptime begin. Okay. God bless America, Nicole. Haha, uh, they didn't get me. <laughs> <laughs> Lordy. Well, that's good, Jim. I'm glad you finally made it to work. <laughs> Poor Jim's been stuck at home. Oh, yeah, that just sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. I've been wanting to see that. Actually, I was going to pull it up while I was doing working tonight. Um, Ryan, I definitely want to see that. I've seen all the fan art that you've been sharing. That's pretty freaking cool. 
bless you. Holy hell. That got me too. <laughs> that might have been double points. <laughs> bless you, baby. Thank you. That one kind of snuck up on me. <laughs> it was scary out here trying to make it out in the blizzard. Yeah, definitely. That shit's no joke. You really do, Ryan. I mean, it, some of that fan art, I'll have to show you, honey. It's pretty cool. I think I've seen it on Oh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, you have. <laughs> that's right. I forget. Because it's double sneeze? Yeah, double sneeze. <laughs> well, today's only a single so far. I have a psychedelic party in the moonlight. Strip naked to dance. Ryan films it. <laughs> that's what it was. It's Andy out there dancing. And everybody thinks it's Goat Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Oh, sorry I didn't go live yesterday. I've got so much on my plate right now. I am doing, I am updating the store. I am adding, to, I just added new digital products to the store. A couple of them. Haven't gotten them all done. Um, taking a course getting my uh, courses all ready to go up in the store. So it's it's been crazy. And yesterday I was in that mindset. I was going to go live at first. I woke up late, first of all. And then... Um, no, you didn't. I didn't? I thought I did. No, I thought I woke up about quarter nine. Well, that, yeah, that's about the same time I wake up every day. Um, but I was tired. I know that. That's why I thought I woke up late because I was tired. But, um, and I was just in that mindset of getting the courses ready and everything like that. And I'm just like, eh, I didn't want to break that concentration. So I apologize to everybody. How often you sneeze like that? Would it come? You're talking about avoiding oh. my off the camera. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Andy, just be grateful it weren't the full moon, Ryan. I I get hungry at night around that period. <laughs> Hello, Emmer Three Aliens. How are you? Welcome, welcome. Aliens. And hungry all the time. <laughs> right? Hey, Patrick. What's up, Patrick? How you doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. Hey, Dakota. How you doing? Uh, hey, Sandy. <laughs> What's up, Dakota? <laughs> yes. Eddie goes running around naked on the weekends. No, I'm Bigfoot during the week. Yes. And, and he's only Bigfoot on the weekends. Oh, you're... Oh, okay. I got it backwards, son. Yes, learn to read. So, I'm trying. <laughs> I have coffee mouth, so I'm like trying to get it, the saliva to work up here. Want a beer? No. <laughs> Eddie uses one of those silver bullets on me at the weekend, only able to sit at the PC again. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys are too funny. Oh my god. Loves wants to know, Nicole, is Andy pregnant? <laughs> yeah, Nicole, is there something where you're not telling us? <laughs> yeah, talking about a little pitter patter of feet. <laughs> Four feet at that. That little bath are gonna shed a lot. Hey Orion Grace, how are you? What's up, Grace? Welcome, welcome. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> you want a water for your water? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, Nicole said, yep, triplets. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Well, hopefully they ain't going to be conjoined. Right? So I wonder, do the chupacabra and goat men dislike one another, or does goat men like the goat sucker? Right? But the, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, see? <laughs> nice timing. <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> I turned it down because of double points. I don't like that. <laughs> and then I can't hear it. Freaky Geek. Hey, Freaky Geek. Good morning. Now I got to test it. Make sure. Okay. Freaky Geek wants to know what we're doing yesterday's live today. No. <laughs> no. Since Nicole had the operation, the strap take them off. <laughs> Damn it, Andy. It wouldn't surprise me now between her and Eddie. I guess I'm serious about her my life. <laughs> oh, you poor, poor thing, Andy. You poor, poor thing. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. Oh, yay. Are we getting it all out? <laughs> I think they're just getting started. I know. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, man. Look at Freaky Geek. Oh, my God. All of you guys. I'll just go down the line. <laughs> And that one was delayed. It'd be like the three students. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like Andy was getting it all in. Especially if he's pregnant with triplets. <laughs> Hello, Freaky Geek. <laughs> No, I'm just having fun. <laughs> Andy's. <laughs> oh, Lord. I thought you was new. I was naughty. <laughs> I thought you knew I was naughty. <laughs> no, in, in Eddie's stream, in Chaos's stream. <laughs> oh, thank you for the ice cream, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Actually, in my stream, Ricky's one of the fucking cleanest people in there. <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. That is true. And, Ron, if you're here, you are still the stream boss. That's why I put it up on the thing. Ryan's out of luck. My Ryan. <laughs> my son, Ryan, is out of luck. Well, until he finds out. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
I'm not I'm not even reading Andy's anymore out loud. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. We do not run a four channel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> I know, I know. God with the conservative did the Dr. Seuss, can you imagine what they do to your channel? Holy <laughs> hell. I tell ya. All right. <laughs> Good Wednesday morning to you. Well, it's Wednesday for us. How is everybody? I hope everybody's doing well. Um, just a reminder: if you're watching on Facebook, please leave a to leave a comment. Please grant restream permission to see your name. The link is up there in the description. Hello to all my people listening to the craziness over on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> As always, we uh, invite you to come on over to YouTube during the live streams, which are always 10 a.m. Alaskan Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's so rude, Andy. Chicken fried steak, extra banana milk. Hey, you got your pizza sitting out there. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. All right, then. (laughs) Shut up. Um, thank you so much. Quick, because I got my lasagna sitting out there too. Oh goodness! (laughs) (laughs) Um, to all my podcasters, thank you so much for supporting us, and we really appreciate it. We really do. And all to you guys, we really appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. Exactly, exactly. So, on today's show. We're talking about, we're going to dive, we're going to try and dive into what we were talking about last week, which is, okay, thank you, Patrick, 3.30 p.m. Newfoundland time, (laughs) Um, which is the legend of the Black Shuck. Then we're talking about elves, little people, Icelandic elves. Then we're going to talk about the Bridgewater Triangle, aliens and Pugwidgees. And then we're going to talk about UFOs and the mysterious happenings in Transylvania. Is it a portal to the different dimension? And as always, don't forget, as I roll credits, get over to DLive and hype up that chat to get your Lemons. I got to find a soundbite that says Lemons. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be hard or easy to do, but... I know, Freaky, and I've said something to her about it. And Freaky says, hey, not fair. You never did continue what I can't recall Yeah, several Fridays ago. <laughs> I know, and it makes me so mad. <laughs> I can't remember what the hell we were talking about to see. This is the lie that I tell myself. Don't write it down. You'll remember it. This is what happened. The black shuck. Matters. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole, for the Lamont. The Lamont. Uh, Andy can make your lemon sound missing. I know, right? I should. I ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Chuck's not black. Chuck's white. I work with him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lord. You do look like Moses, for Christ's sakes. Here you guys go. 
Thank you, Patrick, Thank for the you, little or the ice creams. Or if you really want to get technical, it's not going to let me copy that word. It says, no, that's too evil. <laughs> there you go. There's the technical. I can't believe Missy recorded Eddie snarting. Thank God he didn't backfire at the same time. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I tell you. So, all right. These are stories of black dogs that have been told in Britain since the Vikings brought over tales of Odin and his hounds when they invaded in 793 AD. Unfortunately, most tales have not been written down in the former manner, formal manner, but have been passed down through the generations with stories twisted and embellished. Tales of spectral hounds, both sinister and reassuring, terrifying or protective, he can appear in a flash of lightning or with a blood curling howl or he creeps up beside you before you re even realize he's there, as his paws make no sound. Most agree that the hound is large, the size of a calf with a shaggy coat, and the eyes that burn with hellfire, red or green, have been reported. Hello, Rain. Hey, Rain, how are you? There is also those that tell of one-eyed shuck, or even more extreme, a headless shuck, or strangely, the head of a monkey or the face of the man. The term black shuck can now include all and any dog type creatures. Sometimes not black, sometimes not dogs. So let's take a look at closer at the black shuck, the demon dog of East Angela, also known by the names of old shuck, old shock, old scarf, or just plain shuck. Hey Gillian, how are you? Hi, so let me go ahead and share this. Maybe. Thank you for the ice cream, Patrick. I'm not going to leave my lasagna. <laughs> right? We wanted an ice cream. <laughs> the black part is self-explanatory. Shuck is either derived from the old English world of demon or fiend. It's spelled S-C-U-C-C-A. Even without hearing the stories, we have an idea of what to expect, but some of the stories are still surprising. Now, I remember, I don't know where my notes went for this, but what's weird is when we're talking about this, they're talking about like a hellhound type thing, right? Where we would call hellhounds. But to us, it's like the dog man in that or werewolf. So I don't know where that, you know, comes into play, but we'll see what the story says. Um, the first question I want to consider is, what does it mean if you see a black shot? Both Norfolk and Cambridge Shaw agree that he is a portent of death, either yours or someone you know. In Cam Cambridgeshire, it's customary to look away as his look itself can bring death and not just a warning. In Suffolk, 
he is generally thought to be harmless unless provoked. <laughs> Although what people of Bungwei and Blythburg have said about that, you will find out shortly. In Essex, he's still associated with graveyards and gallows, thus giving him the title of the demon dog. But he is seen as more of a guardian or protector. All other countries agree that Shuck has been has strong ties with graveyards, cemeteries, and lonely country roads. One reason for this may be the old Christian tradition of burying a live, done, live dog under the cornerstone of a new church. That's nice. I've never heard of that. Have you? No? So to act as a spirit guardian for the building or graveyard, Laura says that the first body to be interred in the church will become the spirit guardian and not wanting to trap a human in purgatory they chose a dog for the fierce loyalty they show in life that's another picture of him you can see he's on weather veins as well one of the earliest accounts to be written down including demon dogs was recorded in the petersburg Chronicle in 1127. It states that for nine weeks leading up to Easter, the wild hunt would pass by Petersburg Abbey through the monastery, Deer Park, and continue to 15 miles to Stamford, both seen and heard by locals and monks alike. The blast of horns would warn of the nighttime approach. 20 to 30 huge, terrifying men riding back black horses and he, and he goats accompanied by hounds, jet black with eyes like saucers. The wild hunt is a widespread European legend with the legend or the leader of the hunter changing from country to country. In England, the hunt can be led by Woden, King Arthur, Hearn the Hunter, or Herward, Her the Wake, to name a few. Some would argue that these are all characters who have played great roles in the country's histories, history, but the new power that went, let's try that again. But the new powers that be for want a better phrasing would be, would like to see them retire to mess. To see the hunt was to be risked being dragged away to the underworld, to have your soul stolen, to join the hunt. Or more important, our story a portent death, much like the shuck. East Angela, I don't know if it's Angela, Angelia, well, anyway, is made up of Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire, and Essex. And I'm going to start with one of the most famous Black Shuck stories. South of Norwich, across the county border, is Suffolk. And there, it's a picturesque town of Bungie and Blythesboro. And here in 1577, that's where our story takes place. On Sunday, the 4th of August, a terrible electric storm gripped the area. Hailstones and ball lightning fell upon the townsfolk. As terrified as this ungodly storm, they made their way to the parish church to seek shelter and reassurance. In St. Mary's Church, oh great, another St. Mary's Church, that's your first mistake, um, <laughs> with a crash of thunder and lightning, a demonic hound burst through the door. He ran the length of the church through its congregation with unnatural speed and strength. Viciously, he slapped 
they were snapped and mauled, and in another flash, he was gone. Here the hound left parishioners dead and dying. Two bodies are said to have been found kneeling in prayer, their necks broken at odd angles. The conditions of the other body is said to have seen been shriveled like an old leather purse. In Blythburg, it is written by Abraham Fleming that the almighty crash and flash of the lightning, the doors of the Church of the Holy Trinity were thrown open as the storm hit in full force. In the same instant, struck by lightning, the church steeple collapsed in on itself. As the dust settled, standing in the doorway was a demonic hound, bigger than it had the rights to be, eyes ablaze. The hound ran through the terrified congregation, wreaking havoc, killing a man and a boy, and burning the hand of another before it made its exit and disappeared into the storm. The towns were left in a state of horror, with their lives ever changed. Whatever happened that day, be it demonic visitation or a rabid dog, terrified by a storm, it was a story that the town would never forget. Bungie now includes the black dog in their coat of arms, and the local football teams are called the Black Dogs. Pretty crazy, huh? Well, how much of a freaking folklore is it? You're naming everything after a black dog and shit. Right. Um, Andy said, those places are only 45 minutes from me by car. Didn't know I roamed so far on a full moon, <laughs> right? <laughs> to me, that those are that's crazy, though. That weather almost looks like the dog was stabbed. Right? Like it tried to jump over it and didn't make it. Right. <laughs> now that just looks like a cat on drugs. Right. <laughs> Why has the hound got a horn or did the artist put... All right, the Andy. <gasps> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I couldn't imagine be terrible. I mean, these obviously, like with these legends and lore. I mean, it's a legit question, though. Right, yeah. No, about the horn. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't know he wandered that far. I guess he forgot when he stole those plumes from the kids in the zoo. Andy, I seen you out my window yesterday and you don't look good in a thong. Oh my god. (laughs) Nubs, you everything looks good in a thong. I know. (laughs) If only you turned into a turtle. Andy, that was supposed to be our own fucking secret there, pal. (laughs) I'm throwing away the edible in his mouth. That's funny. You guys are nuts. All right, another one not far from Bungney on the Norfolk coast is Girlston. And here we have a far more recent sighting. On the 19th of April, 1972, Graham Grant was coming to the end of his night shift when he saw something that drew his attention. About a quarter mile north of the lookout, he saw a large hound-type dog. But what made him keep watching was the fact that the dog would run and then stop if it was looking for something. 
and then run again. And then as he watched, it vanished. What makes that story noteworthy is the beach had recently been raked flat. So there was nowhere for this dog to go. And that Mr. Grant, and that Mr. Grant wasn't local. He had just moved to the area and he wasn't aware of the legend of the black shuck until his work colleagues told him about it after the sighting. His story was also featured in the local newspaper. This report bears striking resemblance to two black shuck origin stories that told on the North, North Norfolk coast. The first is a tale of two fishermen, one Danish, one Saxon, who while out fishing with their dog got into trouble and drowned. The Danish man was washed up on a beeston and the Saxon on the overstrand. Each were buried at the local church, but the dog who survived was unable to tell which was the grave of his master. So it's said that the local hound now roams between the two, searching for the master he was unable to save. He has been seen so many times in Overstrand that they named a lane after him. It's also local lore that he leaves charring behind him in the smell of brimstone. That's not good. That's the one-eyed black shook. Okay, I'm just saying that's yeah, not good. That's though. not good. Hey, you don't like that? No, if he was leaving the smell of brimstone and shit behind him. Right. The second story is from Salt House. In the 1970s, Walter H. Barrett wrote that in 1910, he was passing through Salt House and decided to have a drink on the Duncow Pub. What a name, Duncow Pub. It was here he saw a man sitting by the window and waiting to sit for a while himself. He bought the man a drink. The man was Sam Rudd, a local fisherman, and he told Barrett a story. He had been digging bait as usual but was getting dark and the tide was coming in, so he started his four-mile walk home. Having reached the beach road, he climbed over the shingle, shingle, bank, shingle bank and began to walk towards the village. It was at this point that a heavy sea mist rolled in and soon all was darkness. I then heard a dog howl. Some distance behind me, said Sam. It was loud. It drowned out the roar of the sea pounding on the shingle bank. Shingle bank. Apparently that was the name of the bank. I don't know. Sam then explained that he kicked off his high thigh boots and ran for it. His high heel boots? No, his high thigh. <laughs> Smart ass. But the faster he went, the closer the howl sounded. When he reached his home and had bolted the door, his father questioned him about his boots. But they were soon more concerned by the dog that was now howling outside their home. His father carried his gun upstairs and loaded it with a double charge of gunpowder. He took aim at the dog and fired. His father was adamant that he had hit the dog, but it had no effect, and the dog continued howling. But the next morning, there was no sign of the dog. Sam simply finished his drink, finished his story, thanked Barrett, and left. Barrett was intrigued by Sam's story so much that he spoke to the local rector, who told him, it was nothing but nonsense. It was a cover story for local smugglers. This only spurred Barrett on to find out more. So he spoke to another local fisherman named Pynchon. Pynchon insisted that he should ignore the reverend, that he wasn't local and he done, didn't understand the local ways. 
Pigeon then offered him the true story of the black shark. The night of the 28th of January in 1709 was stormy, and the waters of North Norfolk coast were unforgiving. 20-foot-high waves tore at the beaches and the wind howled. The sea threatened to overrun the raised shingle bank that protected Salt House from the ravages of the sea. That night, there was much anticipated shipwreck. A bridge heading back, a brig heading back to Yorkshire from London, laden with fruit, spice, and other foodstuffs. Okay. The captain and crew tried in vain to control the ship, but it finally ran aground at Salt House and was torn apart by the battering storms. The crew and captain abandoned ship and were taken by the sea. There were no survivors. The next morning, the storm had moved on, and the village came out to salvage what they could. They found the crew washed up on the beach, and it was noted that the captain still gripped firmly to the collar of his faithful wolfhound pet, and the dog's jaws were clamped tightly to the captain's reefer jacket. The captain's body was taken to Salt House Church and buried in an unmarked grave. The dog, however, they decided to just throw in a pit and bury on the beach. The locals would soon regret this decision. It didn't take long for people started seeing a very large dog sniffing about and howling, as if it lost something and was searching. As time passed, the spectral hound became more and more terrifying. Some say through through grief and frustration. Now as a big now big as a calf, his eyes glowing red, his coat matted and shaggy still searching for his master. They must have, Freaky. <laughs> now we travel inland. Our story comes from the wonderfully named Cambridgeshire village of Great Snoring. <laughs> You're funny, asshole. And sightings, not of the black shuck, but of the white shuck. In the late 1930s, before the outbreak of World War II, the village witnessed several sightings of this phantom hound. The first was told by a farmer returning home one evening. Driving along, he came face to face with a large white dog standing in the middle of the road. He was traveling too fast to stop or swerve, so as to not hit the creature was hard, and he would have if it hadn't simply passed through the car. It seemed to have scared him senseless as his reaction to this was to stop the car, get out, and run home. Now, <laughs> why the hell would you stop the car, get out, and run home? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was good with you reading that right to that point, and then it was like, okay, well, that just don't make goddamn sense. Right? I understand you're scared because the dog just, you just went right through the dog. Right. So let me stop the car, get out. And run when the car can go a hell of a lot faster than I can run. Okay. Oh. Just making sure I was catching that right. <laughs> it was seen by several other people, often jumping out of, into oncoming traffic. Another story tells of a cyclist who, like the farmer, abandoned his vehicle in favor of running home. Why? That's that's so weird. It does seem that this phantom was an isolated occurrence. There is no stories of it from other times. Um, some people think that it could be 
a local dog, but others believe it was important to the huge loss of life of the world was about to experience from the World War II. So they think it was like a harbinger. So you may have noticed that I haven't included a sighting from Essex. I couldn't tell you that the story of the midwife who in 1930s was followed home by a giant, giant black dog. It's easily kept pace with her as she cycled home before vanishing as quickly and silently as it appeared. But that's all as I would be able to tell you. Sightings of the black shuck have been so common throughout history. There are literally hundreds of stories, but unfortunately many consist of, I was traveling home and saw a huge black dog. He turned and ran through a wall or he disappeared before my eyes or he followed me home and then vanished. <laughs> and I think that it was one of those things that I find most intriguing. There are so many sightings, many of them so simple, which makes me think that people generally believe that these had happened these stories have happened because surely if you were going to make something up, you'd make it a bit more graphic or detailed or interesting. Something else that struck me during my research is we call these dogs demons, but if the stories are true, these are spirits of dogs so loyal that they search beyond death for their masters and that they try and warn us of impending death. So I guess it depends on how much you like dogs and how much you like ghosts. And how much you want to live. <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Apparently, I mean, in 2014, in the ruins of Leistine Abbey near Bungie, the skeletal remains of, se of seven-foot tall dog was found. Buried in a shallow grave, they were able to date the remains by the pottery that was found around the body, and it was speculated by the locals that this... Aren't they nubs? I mean, it's crazy. Um, they were able to date the remains by the pottery that was found around the body. And it was speculated by the locals that this could have been the hound that terrorized the church on that Sunday morning in 1577. But even reports of this were twisted for dramatic effect. Some wording insisted that the dog was seven feet tall, implying a shoulder height of around five foot. And that would be truly terrifying. But others listed the info as a seven foot long, which for a large dog, including tail, would be in the realms of possibility. So if a story can be twisted like this in a bless America. So if it's Stop. Uh, Nub says uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday he's going to be doing a thing on Dogman and he'd love to have you up on channel. Oh, I would. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm not. I, I mean, have to stop you because they, they, otherwise, because Chad's going kind of quick. Right, right. Yeah, definitely, Nubs. Um, so if a story can be twisted like this in a few weeks, how much of the story can be twisted in 500 years? And that's what's <laughs> hard about lore, you know? The story of Bung Bungie and Blythburg are some of the most documented, but we really have only relevant reference for it the words of abraham fleming but even with the people using this one one resource details have been added and tweaked and one thing that i found when i was researching is that no one could agree which church was visited first 
or how many people actually died. We only know what happened. Dubs, you did say Mothman, not Dogman. You said Dogman. Wow. Because I almost made the comment of I, I'm not a big Dogman person. Well, but, I know. I knew what he meant. Yeah, Mothman. I love Mothman. I've done a lot of research on Mothman. See, she rubs off on me. I can't freaking read either. <laughs> so, there, yeah, there's the bones of the seven-foot dog. But they, they don't know if it – it doesn't state whether it was seven foot like tall or the length. Either way, it's big freaking dog. Well, my guess is going to be the length. If they said they'd only stood shoulder high to a man, then the average is only about five foot. Either so. way, I don't give a fuck. That's a big dog. <laughs> no, it says I can't read. I got seven fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, it's, I'm guessing they're talking about the length of it. So, Andy, have you grown up like hearing stories since it's around your neck of the woods? Have you grown up or anybody in Europe there that's over there that's in chat? Have you heard of these stories by any chance? It'd be really interesting. Okay. Yeah, exactly, Patrick. Even written history or stories do over time get tweaked. Yeah, because, you know, Pluto's not a planet anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, it, what was it? It was a planet. Now it's not a planet. It's a dwarf star. Now it's a planet again. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> it will always be a planet in my book. So, yeah. It can't be because they rewrote that motherfucker. <laughs> Well, I've rewrote that many a times, but that's the point. <laughs> nope, not a word of it, Missy, although there has been a story in the local rag of a large black cat. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of that. There's been a lot of black cat sightings everywhere. Didn't have it with the heart to tell them it was me poaching rabbits at night. <laughs> Andy turns into... <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the dog Pluto. Yes. It's also the dog. We're now living on Mars. Larina hey, hey. La and Slimcat. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you too. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Welcome. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Well, of course, I haven't been in many chats in a while either. <laughs> How you doing? I've heard of stories like that out here near the base near St. John's or Capitol from 1700s to 1800s. Really, Patrick? That's pretty, That's really interesting. Damn, I'm fucking cold. Really? Yeah. Well, you said you were feeling sick. I tried living on Mars, but between all the sugars and chocolate, I was buzzing my bits off for weeks. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ryan, he's a cut-up, I tell you. And he's something else. I'm glad I have him as a co-host of my show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, on to the next. Let's talk about the Bridgewater Triangle, Aliens, Pudgewidgee. Let's see what we get to. 
Let's see, you know. Fuzzy, fuzzy. Fuzzy was a bear. <laughs> fuzzy wasn't fuzzy anymore, was he? So was he still a bear? No, he's a chupacabra. Oh. But I thought they had hair. No, they have. Well, it depends on what uh -huh. chupacabra you're looking at. There's two different kinds of chupacabra. So you can't say he was a chupacabra. He, well, the alien <laughs> one, no. But the dog one, maybe. <laughs> All right. So nothing can be as isolating or confining as the woods. Or confusing. Or confusing, right? Slow the fuck down, chat. No, says he didn't go to the computer. You rock. What's that? I'm sorry. Nub says he didn't know there was two different kinds. Yes, yes, there's the alien kind that has spikes, and then there's the dog kind that looks like a mangy dog. God damn, Patrick. Patrick says, we had a timber wolf, now wiped out, that stood five foot at the shoulder with stripes on its hind quarters. Timber hey, Canadian witch, how are you, hon? Welcome. Oh, no, oh, no. we got a witch in the house. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Uh, Timberwolves get huge. Well, I know they can. I would love to have a Timberwolf as a pet. Can you imagine that? No. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'll say no there, just like you want a divot box. No. Thank you for smashing the like button. I appreciate it. Thank you. I as the new we. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to have a button that says we. We, we. Smack yourself. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Patrick. I would love to have that as a pet. I'm telling you right now, I would. I, you, I mean, you, was, you not want to be with me anymore? No, I mean, <laughs> you want to throw 10 years away for a fucking timber wolf. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> okay. I gave the like button the Macho Man Randy Savage elbow drop for you. All right, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> Jim, my dad oh, has cool, a full body wolf mount that my granddad got in Yukon years ago. Wow, Jim, that's awesome. Well, thank you for hanging around and, and chilling with us, Gillian. I appreciate it. Well, you think about it. When we went to the Anchorage uh, airport, Look at the size of that gray wolf that they, yeah. they have. And I'm sure it's it's not the actual. I don't know. It might be. I don't know, because they had all those animals there. That's true. That was crazy. And that gray wolf is huge. Yeah. Yeah. They had everything there. They had like a, in the, in the hotel lobby. No, I'm talking at the airport. Oh. At Anchorage Airport? Yeah. That All I can remember is the cutout. <laughs> well, yeah, even that, that hotel we went to. Holy Christ. That, yeah. That big old grizzly bear. Yeah. You turn and the corner. And it was on a conscious. Yeah, when you turn the corner <laughs> and you look at this thing, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you're like, whoa. <laughs> Gillian's looking better than me. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Gillian. We oh, love, we you, love too. you, too. Hon. We love all you guys, man. Not you guys... Anchor Age. Anchorage. 
<laughs> and Grage. He also got a moose, a caribou, grizzly, and wolverine. That would be cool to see. I mean, I know they're small and everything, but we'll Oh, no. We're going to lose power, guys. Lights, our lights just blinked out. But it's weird because nothing else blinked out. Yeah. Are we still on the air, guys? Um, no, it's not spelled that way, Andy. That was weird. <laughs> but the TV's still on. Go check, see if the microwave has. I think it was just this light. Because it didn't look like out of the corner of my eye like anything else went dark. Hey. <laughs> What's that? It's just that one? That bulb might be blowing. Yep. Bulb's getting ready to go out. Hey, Irish Whiskey. How are you? I just found my new friend. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, was nice with Missy having a PC again. <laughs> No, I think the uh, light in the room is fixing to go. Shadow's been covered up by a shadow. Hurry back, Patrick. <laughs> Hurry back, Patrick. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'll make sure there ain't no Russian tanks outside. Yeah. Walk out there with my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that way I can look at him and say, hold my beer. I swear to God, this shit does not happen. Well, it happens at night if we watch some alien bullshit. But stuff happens with you guys around. So you guys are the cause of weird shit that goes on here. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, I didn't think I caught the light flicker out there. Well, nothing else went off. Like, And even the heater stayed on. Yeah. They might drink all your beer. No, they just want vodka. No, if they try to drink all my goddamn beer, they will lose. <laughs> I blame the lack of fingers. <laughs> Nubs. Eddie grabbed Missy and head for the hills. The Canadians are invading Alaska. Patrick? The Canadians, the Canadians got a lot of land to cover before they can get here. Yeah, that's true. All right, guys, moving on to the Bridgewater Triangle. I think that's what, yes. <laughs> Nothing can be as isolating or confining as the woods. They seem to cut us off from the rest of the world, leaving us alone, balanced on edge of being lost. Even in these fairly modern times, the woods seem to exist as a reminder that there's so much of the world outside of our control. Hi, Lady Blind Wolf. Hey, Lady Blind Wolf. Welcome on. I agree with Irish whiskey, period. That's it. I told you, my new best friend right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, even in this fairly modern times, the woods seem to exist as a reminder that there's so much out of the outside of the world that we, out of our control. Sure, we could stay on the path, but those narrow roots between the trees only give us the illusion of control, like a trail of breadcrumbs. They're fragile and fleeting, and somewhere in the back of our minds, we understand that we're that if we were to leave the trail, we would be stepping into the unknown. The woods hide things from us. For centuries, criminals have used the dark cloak of the forest to conceal everything from bootlegging and poaching to drug use and murder. They hide wildlife from us and instill just enough doubt and mystery 
that we end up believing anything that can be living out there. Anything. Some areas, though, are darker than others. In some places, the woods are more than just a gathering of trees and undergrowth. There are locations in the world that are constantly avoided, plagued by rumor and dense with fear. To step in one of those places, to abandon all the safety, all the reason, and all the hope. Between the three Massachusetts town of Abington, Runabout, and Freetown exists a triangle slice of land that has become home to hundreds of reports of unexplained phenomenon. It's known as the Bridgewater Triangle. And we've talked about this a little bit some in one of the stories. Very that, little. Though. Yeah, very little. Though some call it the Black Triangle or the Devil's Triangle. It might not be swallowing up fighter jets or colonial era ships like the Bermuda Triangle to the south, but its history is just a story, just as storied and mysterious. Excuse me. One no, of the this, this story ain't in, uh, in Alaska, is it? No. Yeah, I didn't think it was. Nothing was asking. No, this is in Massachusetts, Nubs. Yeah, we're not talking about the Alaskan Triangle, although there is one here, and we live in it. We actually live inside of it. Uh, one of the areas within the triangle is the Hokum Swamp. It's a 17,000-acre wetland near Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Right, it's been there. To the Bridgewater Triangle? Yep. He says, I've been to the Bridgewater Triangle. I used to live in Massachusetts. Well, par, I used to live in Massachusetts, too. That could be Lady Blind Wolf. It could be Massachusetts witches get, getting their revenge. It definitely could. Welcome back, Patrick. Welcome back, Patrick. Yeah, uh, the triangle that you heard of, of, of uh, the Alaskan Triangle, we actually live within the perimeters of that triangle. Yep. <laughs> hey, Amanda. Amanda. How are you doing? Oh, you're awesome. She said, sorry I'm late. I forced myself out of bed to try and not miss my favorite. Feel it, feel it in your soul, peoples. <laughs> oh, Amanda, that's so sweet. I love you. Worcester? Sturbridge and Webster. Okay, I lived, oh, grew up in Southbridge. Okay, I've heard of Worcester, just because one of my friends lives there. Hey, Doug Paulson, welcome. Hey, Doug, how are you? Zealand was not the only town in Massachusetts to have witch trials. That's right, that's right. I lived in Medway. Um, I, I started out in Framingham, then moved my, to, down to Medway. So, in the 1600s, it was inhabited by the whooping, and I know I got that wrong, tribe of Native Americans. And the fort they built inside, it became a, a strategic location for them during King Philip's War of 1674. One of the legends tells how, during these times of upheaval and invasion by the colonies, a powerful Arklik was lost in the swamp. Now, I can't find anything beyond a small Wikipedia entry to, to confirm this, but the story tells of how an object known as the Wumpen Belt was lost during the war. Well, Doug, we're happy to have you here. Yes, definitely. Definitely glad to have you here. I hope you enjoy. Um... As a result, the swamp became home to restless spirits. 
Ever since the swamp that has been a source of nearly endless supply of unexplainable sightings, one of the most dramatic and best documented reports was made by a local police officer, Sergeant Thomas Downey. On a summer night in 1971, Downey was driving home towards the town of Easton, near a place known as Bird Hill that sits in the edge of the swamp. As he approached the hill, he caught a sight of an enormous winged creature. Downey claimed it was over six feet tall and the wingspan of almost 12 feet. What's the matter? Oh, cold. still on. I'm cold. Okay. After reporting the sighting to the Easton police, he quickly earned the nickname the Birdman. Um, you know, and I've stated this before, when it comes to cops and their reputation, I really, you know, um, it could be Doug Mothman. Uh, I don't think cops, you know, would stake their reputation to report on something false. Well, that comes in, if you want to look at it that way too, then look at the movie Gnome. Right. Where that sheriff sat outside and said, I'm watching this happen. Right. And the, and the cop ended up getting fired because they thought he lost his friggin' mind. Right, exactly. But he's like, it, when he, quote, I watched the kid go through the roof. Right. Exactly. Oh, look, my Google kicked on. Oh, did it see? Mm-hmm. MIB. I'm telling you, they're listening. So Officer Downey, I, I really believe, clearly saw something that night. I mean, it's open to debate, of course, as always, but... Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Decades earlier, in 1939, the Civilian Conservation Corps were working on the edge of the swamp near King Philip Street. While there, workers claimed to have seen a huge snake. As lar- I wonder if there was any... Um, when I think of abnormal stuff like large snake and everything um was there any radiation leakage well, somewhere the largest snake i can think of is an anaconda right they said that they seen a huge snake as large round as black and as black as a stovepipe yeah no andy i'm not a damn secret mod for google and it's not <laughs> on my computer but it, keep, it keeps popping up on my phone According to the report, the snake coiled for a moment, raised its head, and then vanished into the swamp. What wooded area would be complete without a Bigfoot sighting, right? Although a tall, hairy creature has been sighted dozen of times, dozen of times over the years in various parts of Bridgewater Triangle, the most common, common experiences have been near the swamp. In 1983, John Baker, a local fur trapper, had a similar experience. Doug, Doug spitting right in. <laughs> it was really a crackhead on basalt with eBay bat wings. <laughs> That's what the cops saw. There you go. <laughs> he was on his canoe in the swamp when he heard a splash. He turned to see, and I quote, a hairy beast slog, um, single sling, blah, blah, blah. a hairy beast slog into the river and pass within a few yards of his boat. Amanda's having problems. She wants to know if you can disable stickers on D-Live, which is, I don't think you can. Um, otherwise, she's going to have to go back to YouTube to enjoy the show because the, the stickers can throw her into a seizure. Right. 
as of right now, I can't, I can't open up anything, unfortunately. And the part, and I'm not trying to sound rude or ignorant, but that would be unfair to everybody else on D-Live. Right. And half of the stickers aren't working anyway, as far as I know. Right now, I, the only shiny one I've seen is Much Love. Right. That could be an elemental. Definitely. Well, Andy says, uh, why does everyone uh, always assume radiation mutates things into something bigger? A bigger version requires a greater amount of nutrition, yet radiation seems to kill just about everything off. Right. I, I totally get that, Andy. It just seems like some of these, um, some of these just, uh, just so everybody knows, it, 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 Amanda is just asking because it, it, the bright flashes of light can cause her to go into a seizure. And I understand what she's going through. Definitely, definitely. Um, But unfortunately, with everything open, I can't, I'm afraid to open anything because I'll crash. If that makes sense. I just think, you know, I think of Skinwalker Ranch and, like, the nuclear bomb that was let off. Or the, not the nuke, but, um, I can't think of what it's called. <laughs> but anyway, you know, and everything getting mutated and stuff. That's true, Doug. You're, you are right. But the wolves and other animals seem to be doing good in Chernobyl. Yes, I did see that, you know, because they're constantly studying Turnball and, and the animals there. But I did know what you mean, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Me too, Nubs. Skinwalker Ranch is my number one um, place that I want to go to visit. Freaky Geek said he watched a uh, part of a new show called Blind Frog Ranch, and Skinwalker Ranch was mentioned in it. I see that i i've seen that I, I haven't seen the program but i've seen that and i was like i don't know if that's like what i'm into i didn't know if it was a like a skinwalker ranch type of thing wasn't there a bunch of photos black and white ones from some hunters or something in texas where they had shot some kind of pterodactyl could be on some documentary or I, I have heard of, of something with a great wingspan that got shot, but they never clarified what it was. Right, right. Well there I know there's a lot of pterodactyl sightings in Texas. Do you know what I'm saying? Um I know that's one of the hot spots for them, at least for what I've heard and read. Um I believe Pennsylvania is another one as well, where there's a hot spot for pterodactyl. So, I don't know. I've never heard of anything out of Pennsylvania, but... Yeah. I've heard that many, many people that go there for a reasonable amount of time leave with attachments. I'm not too worried about... I don't worry about attachments. I really don't. She would have to worry because her ass wouldn't come back here. That's not nice. But wow, neither, is bringing, the, neither then, is bringing home an and, attachment. And you wonder why I want to replace you with a Timberwolf. <laughs> he won't bitch. 
then go to your Skinwalker Ranch. And then when you come back, you get your own place with a timber wolf and your attachment. All right. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped in. It was reported to a local constable who thought it was a very large turkey. Your podcast wolf. can't understand you mumbling. Oh, sorry. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Did it, so there, she's just not going to read it now. No, it, I was seeing if there was a first part of that. It was reported to local constable who thought it was a very large type of turkey vulture, not known with a wingspan of that, basically that of big, over 40, over 40 feet. Yeah, that's creepy. That would be a big turkey vulture. Doug lives in upstate New York. Uh, well, we're from there. Well, I am. Oh, great, Andy. Thanks. I live in a state in New York where we've had UFO sightings to me in Utica, New York, and Bigfoot sighting as well. I, yeah, um, if you look up Warsaw, New York, they had a sighting there in like the 40s. Anything, anything, you Thank you for the that you have adopted a sea lion as a pet? <laughs> That's not even funny, Andy. That's not even kosher. <laughs> it's not nice. Stop being on him side, Andy. <laughs> How the Hulk and Bluebird work together. Joe because my man calls me Bluebird and everyone else calls him Hulk. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Turkey vultures are like UFOs being swamp gas. Right, yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't think that, yeah, turkey vultures. I, were I mean, balloons. turkey vultures are big, but Jesus. No, actually, Jim, uh, roadrunners are actually real, real birds. <laughs> yeah, you saw them in Texas. No, I mean, I'm serious. They're, they are actual, really birds. Right, that's what he said, though, until I saw them in I Texas. I thought the way you said it, you was being sarcastic. Well, that's okay. You want to talk about being stupid. I didn't know. Reindeer and caribou were the same thing. I thought I didn't. Ra I didn't know that reindeer were tame, and caribou was wild. Oh, wild. <laughs> took me what I I've lived here almost five years now. It took me four years to <laughs> learn that. I learned that. Yes, Andy. Maybe perhaps it was a migrating winged platypus. Could be. The biggest bird I've seen in Newfoundland was two eagles. Hey, hobgoblins, I believe, are real. <laughs> well, Nubs didn't know that reindeer and, and caribou were the same either. See? Not only is my my show cool or our show cool, you learn something. <laughs> <laughs> we're educational, too. See? I thought they were a breed of moose. No, moose are entirely different. Yeah, moose and caribou are two, two totally different. A baby moose is the size of a bigger calf. Cow. Well, yeah, a smaller cow. A baby one. We got a beer here called Hobgoblin. Andy, you don't want to take that bet, do you? <laughs> Listen, what was the ones that you drank over? Hurricanes? Yeah, hurricanes. Yeah, pretty close, Doug. It, it definitely will damage your vehicle. 
Yes, and maybe one's actually called a calf. Yes, Freaky Geek, thank you. See, <laughs> even our viewers are educational as well. The moose here can get so big, it can stop an 18-wheeler. Yes. And just totally F it up. Andy, that was my thought. Maybe it was the result of Pegasus having a wicked way with a moose. You know, if moose, that would be the size of, that would be a big Pegasus. Um, they just lost their wings. Now, I'm not saying hurricanes had a really good taste to them, but as cheap as they were and almost 6% alcohol. <laughs> I also learned that armadillos can ruin your tires. Well, they can well, be sure. called edible, Andy. I mean, but. I'm sure they can, Jim. <laughs> I'm not a farmer, but I know a few animals. And he says, I thought baby moose were called edible. Hurry back, Hurry Nicole. Hurry back, Nicole. Uh, yeah. Well, you wouldn't think up here in Alaska that we'd have a big freaking big, big ass porcupine. Oh, this freaking thing is huge. But we do. I almost shit when my, bo my boss said, you know, the only wild thing that I, because I used to joke with everybody. I said, I think they're lying to me about moose and mountain goats because I haven't, what was, there was a third one too. No, it was just them two. Was it them two? Because I never see moose or mountain lions. Goats. Or mountain, the mountain lions. <laughs> mountain goats. <laughs> oh. oh my God. It's already starting. Well, yeah, it's 11.05. Okay. Makes sense. No, but, um, it, uh. It blew my mind, like, because I would never, like. Thank you thank for you the for, follow. Thank you for the follow, Mimi Man. 1984? Mean Man? Mean. I know. I don't know why I said that the way I did. But, um, so, like, the natives around here, right, they'll sit there and say, oh, yeah, look at the mountain goats. And I'm, like, looking like, where are you looking? I said everybody's lying to me about moose and mountain goats because, I don't see them. I don't. <laughs> and uh, finally, when we went to Wasilla, yep, we went out moose hunting, not hunting. Well, no, but... we just kind of went out for a drive. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like, look, 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 right there, right there. And they, they stand right next to the road, getting ready to cross the road, and the head's like bigger than the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the wrong sticker? Uh, it's a the frog spitting. Oh, that's, that's okay, that's Doug. Funny. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Yeah, Doug. You have a wonderful day or rest of your night. Well, it's you know, you know what I mean. Absolutely, Doug. Thanks for stopping through. Thanks for having the conversation. Yeah, definitely. Oh, All right. That's pretty cool, the frog spitting. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's all good. <laughs> all right. So, um, let me find out where I am. You do the same, Doug. Hope to see you again. Yeah, hope to see you again. Take care and be safe out there. So, he was on his canoe in the swamp when he heard a splash, turned around, a hairy beast slogged into the river. And passed within the few yards of his boat. In 1978, a local man, John DeAndra, was standing in the shore of the pond known as Clay Banks. 
Welcome back, Nicole. Welcome back, Nicole. Um, he claimed that he turned and saw what described as a creature that was all brown and hairy like like an apish man thing. Oddly enough, um, I know a guy that looks like that. That would be Andy. No, I'm joking. Andy, that's not nice. That one wasn't nice. <laughs> oh, my God. But there's more than just one weird animal sighting in the swamp. As far back as the late 19th century, locals have reported seeing unusual lights. One, port, one report was made by two undertakers who were traveling past the swamp on Halloween night in 1908. They claimed to have seen a light that hovered in the sky for almost an hour. Whether the reports of the creatures and lights are true or not, it might be worth mentioning that the Winnipeg word Hawkamock literally means the place where spirits dwell. Another hotspot in the southeastern corner of the triangle, triangle another hotspot, hot <laughs> you would, is the free, Freetown State Forest. If all of the stories are to believe, it's the quintessential haunted forest. Deep inside the park is a cliff known as Asante Lodge. Asante, not, I probably said that wrong, but overlooks an old quarry. There have been reports of hauntings near the ledge of vision, visions and ghostly figures. Some stories tell of how a woman in white lingers near the edge. Others claim to have heard voices while visiting there. <laughs> the most common report of the mysterious lights. Uh, some researchers think they know exactly what those lights come from. They're the tools of the creature known as the Pugwidgee. In ancient Wampanoag folklore, the <laughs> Pugwidgee is a small forest-dwelling creature, something like a troll or a goblin that lives in the wooded area around the swamp. Everybody ducks. Yes. Aside from one... <laughs> From having one of the most entertaining names to say out loud, they are said to be small, hairy people, roughly three feet, three feet tall, who hide in the woods and cause trouble to people who discover them. What kind of trouble? Well, the folklore tells how the Pugwiggies use lights to lure travelers into the woods. Is that the Brown Mountain Lights? I, I'm watching it, Patrick. Yes, we've watched it. Definitely. The Alaskan Triangle. Um, so, yeah, they would lure them into trailers into the woods where they would kill them. These lights, according to legend, are known as Tepe Wankas, the North American version of the English Will-O-Wisp, sometimes referred to ghost lights. The Pugwidgees used the lights as bait, luring people to their death. Rather than attacking hikers outright, apparently these creatures prefer to let their let the land itself killed their victims. Coincidentally, one of the most common experiences reported by visitors to the ledge is an overwhelming urge to jump. That's not good. Normal, healthy people have felt nearly suicidal standing atop the ledge. Many of them claim approaching the ledge, approaching the edge of the cliff, they felt an uncontrollable desire to jump up into the dark, rocky water over 100 feet below. I will not be going near that clip no. anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> 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 
thank you for the ice cream, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much. Lightning Fever Ledge. Is that another ledge that's that you know of, Andy? Yes, Jim, mine, mine too. What, this one, the story I just said, Nubs? That is in Massachusetts as well. It's um, near the Freetown State Forest. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick, for the lemons. Freaky, you said reminds him of Bridge Dogs Jump from for no apparent reason. Oh. That was a new name for the ledge you mentioned, Missy. Oh, okay. I think he's being sarcastic. Probably. <laughs> These ones are all in the Alaskan, tri or the, not the Alaskan Triangle, the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts. <laughs> One story in particular bears retelling. Is that, or are these stories made of, is the triangle there made up of three bridges? I don't know. I'd have to look into that. Because you, you just said it's, you know, the Bridgewater. Triangle. Triangle. So is this. Bridges over water that make the strangle? Um, no, I don't believe that, but I believe that it's because, hold on, I think I said it. Between the three Massachusetts, Massachusetts town of Arrington, Rinnebooth, and Freetown exists a triangle slice of land that has become home to hundreds of reporters. Blah, 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 blah. It's known as the Bridgewater Triangle. Y'all understood the blah, 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 blah part. Oh, it doesn't say. Okay. No, Andy, I would never insinuate that you're sarcastic to anybody, <laughs> especially little old Missy. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Russo was a welder from Rayham. I, I don't know if that's the Rayham. I'm thinking that might be Framingham. But I'm not sure. Okay. Hello, Blue. How are you? Blue done snug in here. Where's Blue? D Live. Well, she just received a one month subscription from Mr. Minster. <laughs> That's right, Amanda. But the blah, blah, blah part is where the lesson is. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> she gets me. <laughs> She's a woman. <laughs> And Andy. Oops. <laughs> wow. You guys are something else. How you doing, Blue? Okay, so he worked long hours, and for the six years prior to his retirement, he worked the late shift from 3 p.m. until midnight. By the time he got home from work each night, Bill's dog, Samantha, was in a desperate need of a walk. Did he get an hour lunch? I don't know. Well, because he's working a nine-hour shift. I was just wondering. I know. <laughs> you're so particular on people having their <laughs> lunch breaks. So before bed, Bill would take her out and let her get some exercise. They kept up this habit each and every night, no matter the season. of. On the night of ni one night in 1995, Bill took Samantha out for the usual walk. Their typical route was to stay on the sidewalks and head towards the center of town. 
But on this night, they made a change. Bill decided on a whim to cut through his own backyard and head along a trail through the woods that ran alongside the swamp. Not a choice I'd made, but mind you, well, no, I probably would have. Even with a German Shepherd and a Rottweiler mix as this guy's companion, he's like, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> About a half a mile into their walk, at the place where the path was crossed by the road, Samantha began acting odd. She was tugging on the leash and trembling and kept glancing back at Bill with worried eyes. Thank you, Wayne, for the ice cream. Thank you, Wayne. Um, Bill pulled the leash to lead her home, but the dog wouldn't budge. She just whined and quivered where she stood. After a moment, Bill began to hear the sound that had frightened his dog. It was a thin, high-pitched voice, faint at first, but growing louder as it continued. And even though Bill couldn't understand what the voice was saying, it kept repeating the same sounds. E want you. It seemed to say, E want you. It was midnight in the woods, and so, of course, Bill couldn't see anything, but he tried. He scanned the trees and bush for whatever was making those sounds. There was even a streetlight near, there was a, even a streetlight nearby casting a small circle of pale light on the pavement, but he didn't see anything. And then suddenly, something stepped into the light. According to Bill, it was perhaps four feet tall, covered in hair, walked on two legs like a human, and looked to weigh no more than 100 pounds. It was naked and pot-bellied, and, and it looked nothing like Bill had ever seen. As it stepped out of the trees into the light, it continued to speak to him. Ewan Chu, it said, Kier Kier. Bill and Samantha stood frozen to the ground, paralyzed with fear. Excuse me. And the dog continued to whine and shiver. The creatures left, lifted its arm. The creature lifted its arm and beckoned them to follow. Ewan Chu, it said again, mentioning. Them, no, what the fart? Right, mentioning to them Kier. Bill claimed that he tried to ask the creature a few questions, but it only replied with the same nonsense as it already said. Not knowing what else to do, Bill managed to tug Samantha after him, and they both turned and headed home. They didn't look back. <laughs> Patrick, my ex-wife's sister. <laughs> Jeez. It's not the trees that make woods a frightening place. It's what the trees conceal. There's no telling what creature hides behind the green leaves and thick branches of the forest landscape. Cryptozoologists, ghost hunters, and believers in the supernatural are often seen as abnormal. Because we are, right? <laughs> they believe in things that can't possibly be real. But when we step into the woods, we surround ourselves with a dark embrace of the unknown. Something the impossible begins to seem, more, to seem more likely. Maybe we want to believe. Maybe that's feeling in our pit of our stomachs when we step into a strange wooded area for the cry for answers. Is there something more out there? Right? Maybe that's all we want to know, but we're simply too afraid of the answers. I'm not. I want to know. <laughs> I'm not. I want to know if stuff exists. In my mind, they do. Not everything, but you know. Bill Rosso 
experienced the same fear on that night in 1995. He and Samantha managed to find their way home, but was beyond shaken up. Even though it was one o'clock in the morning, he went to the kitchen and brewed himself a pot of coffee. There was no way he was going to let him sleep that night. Cup after cup, hour after hour, Bill relived the experience over and over again, playing back everything he heard and saw. He experienced doubt, fear, and regret. And that's what happens when you see something, right? You Like, you sit there and you, did that really happen? Did I really just see that? You know? Um... He wondered if maybe he should have tried harder to speak with the creature. Perhaps he should have approached it. If Samantha would have allowed him to, that is. But the question that plagued him for most of the night was more difficult. What was the creature saying to him? Bill wrestled with his memory of those sounds and that night. Iwan Chu, it said, and then Kier. Before sunrise, Bill was almost positive he had the answer. It wasn't another language the creature was speaking after. Or it wasn't another language the creature was speaking after all. It had been trying to use its best English. And the word it kept repeating, we want you. It's been saying, then come here. Yeah, you play it over and over in your head. Definitely. Thank you, Nicole. He wants you here. And honestly, if you think about it, it does definitely sound like that's what it could have been, right? He wants you here. But it's just sounding out. It's just sounding out what it would normally say or what you would normally say. It doesn't know, so it's just trying to reproduce that sound. Or those words. Could be in a Newfoundland language called Newfoundland. Could be. You never know. You never know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the, it, it's crazy to see something like that. Now, with the lights, it makes me think, because Bigfoot is seen many times with lights around him, right? So is it, that's what makes me think that he's an uh, earth elemental, elemental when it comes to Bigfoot. Because other, you know, either fairies are around or something with these sightings with lights around him. To me, that's, it's just uh, another elemental around him. Could be. I don't know. You know. But yeah, that's it, it, those are definitely cool. I've never really studied the Bridgewater Triangle. We've talked about it in the past a little bit. But um, I've never really, even though I lived there, I did, I've never, it's like here. I mean, I watched the show Alaskan Triangles. We're here, you know, in the triangle, but I never really studied it. I mean, I don't know. See, I think a lot of it with the Alaskan Triangle to me, I mean, some weird shit has happened, definitely. And I'll eventually have to do a show about it. I will definitely do that. But, um, 
I think a lot of people, I mean, there's a lot of people that go, that go missing, but there's also, to me, there is also a lot of elements out here that can make a person go missing if you're not used to it out here. Does that make sense? Nature itself will make you miss. What's that? Nature itself can make you come up missing. Right, exactly. I there mean, is, so much land has not uh, has been never even touched by human foot. That the snow pockets and everything that people are so unaware of. Right, even even regular locals can still end up missing. Right. Um, where are they triangled? Because of the shape of they in the, the ge, uh, geographical locations of where everything seems to happen within certain points. I don't think he's asking that. He gets the triangle, but why is it always in the shape of a triangle? Like, it does it have something to do with the pyramids? And it could very well be. <laughs> could, something about the Mer uh, Merkaba, you know. I mean, for a long while, what I, I was looking at triangles around the world, and I'm wondering if there's somehow, like, it's a big... In the middle of the earth is a big Merkaba. Or Merkaba. No, I said that. Okay. Never mind. So, I mean, I believe me. And like the pyramids or the, the triangles are the parts, the points sticking out. If that makes sense. Could very well be. Like, or, or the... Bermuda Triangle, the Alaska Triangle, the Bridgewater Triangle is all centered around the triangle. Right. Now, if you look, we've talked about that before, too. The Devil's Triangles. There's a lot of them around the world. I agree with Andy. Has anybody ever found a mysterious square out there? Actually, I think they have. But I think it's just more triangular shapes than, you know, I don't know. So let's talk about Transylvania. I'd like to know how we head north. They tell you they have none of it. There you go mumbling again. Sorry, Patrick. I like to know if we head north. They tell you they have none of it. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mumble again. Well, you mumbled again, so it don't matter. It don't matter, you know. <laughs> it's okay. She wasn't talking to me. She was talking to Patrick. <laughs> People on the podcast can't see that. I know, but I'm just saying. There's a place here in Colorado in the mountains where you can tell no one has been there for years. Really, Jim, that's pretty, yeah, I'm sure there's, you know, a lot of places in those mountains, definitely. There's a lot of vast land out here that hasn't been touched. Oh, it's a Canadian joke. See, I wouldn't have gotten it, even though I lived near Canada for growing up. <laughs> Yours probably more land in in the state of Alaska that has never been explored by a human 
that can probably cover half the United States all, all together. Right, right. Not only that, I mean, when it comes to the Alaskan Triangle, too, about planes going down, I mean, we have some wicked-ass winds that turn on a dime. I mean, there's nothing in the winter and in the summer. We get the many, you know, like, in, obviously, in the summertime, it's the dust spinners. Uh, dust doubles. Yeah, dust doubles. And we get them in winter, too. So it's like, I mean. Well, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. There was a dust double they got. They that got the yeah. Trees. It was crazy, and Alex. actually forming into a tornado, and Alex went out there and had to step into it. Yeah. And then it jumped over 10 feet and started again. Yep. Yeah. And, like, he could feel the spinning. Like, he said the air inside was cold. You know, and you could see there was two layers of it, one spinning mm -hmm. this way and one spinning the opposite way. So, I mean, it's, we have a lot of wicked weather up here, no doubt. It'd be a nice calm day, and in a blink of an eye, you'll have 19 mile an hour winds. Mm -hmm. All right, so UFOs and the mysterious happenings in Transylvania. Is it a portal to another dimension? Apparently, extraterrestrials have carefully observed humans and their actions, no matter the time or place. They observe us. They found us a very long time ago. God bless America, Nicole. Sometimes when you check, I knew it was coming. Yeah, well, <laughs> they found us a very long time ago, but do not want to make contact. Ask yourself, why? Perhaps, perhaps it's because we're not enough civilized? Transylvania, one of the most mysterious landscapes of Europe. That's another place I want to go. Uh, Europe is such a place. This particular region. Hold up. I don't even want to talk to Amanda right now. Yeah, that's just rude. That's Mom just... dropped off McDonald's. <laughs> We're just joking, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had McDonald's probably in three years. Year. No. We used to get McDonald's or Burger King, but it's been about two years now. Yeah, two years. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Romania and all that. Oh, God, yes, I want to go there. Um, Transylvania is one of the most mysterious landscapes of Europe. The um, particular region of Romania has been a UFO hotspot for centuries. Isn't that crazy? Like, I love Romania. I love everybody talking about Romania, and I never knew that. I never knew that until I read this article. Jim, I you guys are swearing in my chat. Andy, that's not very nice. <laughs> I used to sit down and eat four double-quarter pounders. <laughs> Yes, Nicole. So many myths in Transylvania. Definitely. It is rain. It's very interesting to learn about. But I never knew that it was a hotspot for UFOs. Paranormal? Yes. You know what I mean? But not UFOs. Most of us perceive Transylvania as mountainous, mist-shrouded place surrounded by mystic and closely related to Dracula. The most infamous vampire in the world. Well, that's what Transylvania is known for. Exactly, yeah. But Transylvania is much more than Dracula's Never Never Land. Hidden deep in the Carpathian Mountains, a region located in the present-day central Romania. Who knows what is lurking 
in inaccessible ravines shadowed by high mountains, the high mountain peaks of the southeastern Carpathians. Hi, Danny Serbu. Hello, Danny. How are you? Yeah, we do know we, we, we know we, 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 we exist. Oh, 